At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, this is Nina Perez and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Thank you so much for being here. This show is created to discuss life topics, to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. And today I have someone who is really going around and changing everybody's thinking and what they're doing to be aware of their surroundings and others. And so I, I'm so glad she is here. Her name is Janice Lintz and she is an accomplished consultant and advocate across the Hearing Access advocacy and related political spectrum. She is the CEO of Hearing Access and Innovations, which is the leading company dedicated to helping the world's businesses, cultural and entertainment institutions, government agencies, and mass transit organizations improve their ability for people with hearing loss. And you know what, Janice, I'm really glad you're here because I think these are things that unless you're walking in that space, you don't think about right? How difficult that that might be for others. Um, you know, and when you're just walking around in your everyday life, you're just not uh, thinking that other people might be having some issues or struggles with these, uh, you know, type of um, lack of services, if you will. So how are you, Janice? Very good. And thank you so much, Nina, for having me. And yes, you're correct. It, you know, until my family entered this sphere, I really didn't think about it as well. Um, you know, it's like everything. There's only so much brain space we each have. And, right. you know, you can't focus on everything when you would never get through um, the day. So <laughs> you focus on what's important to your family. And my goal is just to make sure that people are having the access they need to make this issue relevant to everyone. Yeah. So, you know, I would like to get into that. So if you don't mind, I'd love to know a little bit more about you. Um, and, and then I'd like to get into how you got into the space. Why, why is this important to you? Perfect. Let's do it. Who are you, Janice Lintz? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I have a marketing background. I went to law school. 
Um, I had a son who died and then a daughter who almost died and then was diagnosed with a hearing loss. Um, and it was from that that I suddenly was thrust into this field. I'm also a voracious traveler. I've traveled to 194 countries, territories, and unrecognized nations. And so while I would travel, I would see what access was available or wasn't available in various countries. But there were bits and pieces as I saw things. And I used that to track and create um, a best practice approach to hearing access. And my goal now is to implement that globally. Wow. So did you take your daughter to all of these countries as well? She hasn't been to all of them, but she and my son um, are well-traveled. And she's in her own right, a really strong traveler. So yeah, uh, my son was at the top of the Eiffel Tower when I think he was six weeks old and four weeks he was in London. Um, Yeah, my kids, my goal was my kids were going to love to travel. Yeah, yeah. Um, First, I'm sorry about your loss because that's that's, that's a huge thing. And then for your daughter, um, you know, it's really great that you decided to do something though, Janice, because, you know, sometimes we would just do what our daughter needs right now, right? You know, what, what she needs without thinking how you can change the system altogether. And that's what you're doing, right? I mean, you decided to really start implementing what you're learning and changing the system. Is that right? Yes. But I have to say, I was like the person who focused on what my daughter needed. Of course. So I think after my son died during delivery, um, and I had this quote team of experts, you know, right that I had selected the best doctors in New York City, I stopped really trusting experts with their opinions. Mm. And then when my daughter was diagnosed, um, and the doctor immediately after telling me the diagnosis told me there were special schools for her, I was like, I live in New York City. We don't, my idea of special and your idea of special, I think are different. I didn't say that to her, but that's what I thought in my head. And I wasn't willing to change my standards. So it was easier to change the world. But the Mm -hmm. projects I worked on initially benefited our family. Um, We would go to productions. I remember being at Lincoln Center and and going to see Peter and the Wolf and having to get up four times in the middle of the show because the device they gave was broken and she couldn't hear. Now, try telling, I think she was about four, try telling a four-year-old who can't hear to sit quiet for an entire show. Well, and she's smart enough to know what she's missing. It's impossible. So I had to get up. And of course, we were seated in a place so she could see, you know, as well. Um, And so I had to disrupt this over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it was it was mortifying. It made a scene in terms of like getting up and asking people in the middle of performance to get out because you're smack in the middle of the row. Right. And it was ridiculous. And I didn't understand why this was and why it couldn't be fixed. And and so as I started working on our family's problems, everyone else benefited. And now my daughter is situated. She's in graduate school at an Ivy League university, having gone to an Ivy League university undergrad. She's situated, but along the way, I found my own passion. Um, And that's part of why I went to law school was to change the world. And I realized this was it. Wow. Janice, you said, I'm not going to change my standards. It's easier to change the world. Not everybody wakes up with that attitude, woman. <laughs> it's it's really, I, I function. I, I am the type of person who like, no, 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 this isn't working. 
you need to fix it right. and not some pipe dream. Yeah, one day we will fix it. But let's set up a timeline and get this done. That is amazing. And anyone who interacts with me really knows that's the way I function. I mean, I recently just changed um, transparency and medical billing in the city of New York for two major hospitals. And I think wow. when they thought I was doing I called up and said, no, no, this has to be done. I think they thought, yeah, one day. I'm like, no, no, you have a choice. We're either going to make this happen or I'm filing a complaint with the New York State Attorney General today. Right, right. So like, let's understand what the timeline is here. Right. <laughs> it changed. I like, love it. I was right. You know, you can't just send someone a bill that says you owe $25. What right. data service? Who's the provider? What will you pay by insurance? You know, like some basics here. <laughs> Who just writes, you know, you owe me $25. Sure, I'll be happy to pay. So Right, right. Well, most people do. Most people most do, people right? Most people do. Yeah. And you know what? And that's one of the things that I have come to learn to realize from the work that I've done. There were a lot of people who, because of either socioeconomic or education, are unable to stand up for the rights they have. We have been, my family has been privileged in terms of the access we've had, the people who have worked with us. And I can never, ever thank all of them. So my way to pay it forward is to solve some of these very complex problems that I know I can that will benefit everyone. So mm -hmm. like, for example, the medical billing. Um, I know there are a lot of people who English may not be their first language. They're older adults. They're intimidated by threats of law. So I solve it. And also, I mm -hmm. feel like I'm planning for my future. God forbid you have these problems when you're sick. Good luck. Right. You, know, you're, you can't do it. So I solve them. And, and I actually get joy from fixing these problems. That's amazing. But so are other people. They're benefiting from Janice getting joy out of this. Yeah, <laughs> I do. You know what? And when people, you know, and a lot of times people will tell me, and it's like, I am thrilled. because. And, and and the funny thing is when I deal with the people on the phone, let's say on the medical billing, they're like, yes, we don't want to pay these bills. I'm like, so then why do you expect me to pay right, a bill right. like that? Right. And they're like, and like no one ever picks up the phone. And I think that's the most curious thing is people see problems, but it doesn't occur to them. They can solve they can it. Solve and my goal them. is to help people. Yeah. Um, and that's why I've been doing the podcast, how people can affect change for the problems that bother them. Yeah. And I want to know about that. Like, how did you start going about affecting change uh, when it came to people with hearing loss? You know, what, what was your strategy? What's what's the plan? So I started with my daughter's religious school. Um, she told me she couldn't go to religious school because she couldn't hear. I said, nice try. Kids, since the start of religion, have been trying to get out of religious school. It doesn't matter what religion you're in, but I'm nobody sorry. wants to go. I said, nice try. So in our case, it was a temple. We went to the, I went to the rabbi. And, you know, it's a wealthy congregation. It's where Mayor Bloomberg went um, and a former governor. And there's like a movers and shakers in this particular temple. And so I went to the head rabbi and he said, tell me what you need. And I told him and he said, done. I was like, that's it? Like, you didn't ask the cost. He's like, no, this is what you need. It's the right thing to do. We will do it. And I couldn't believe it was that simple. That's amazing. Yeah. Right? He's since passed, but he was one of these great people in life that there are not a lot of him. Um, right. You know, he was just, Rabbi Posner was just one of these incredible people. But I realized that sometimes that's all it is. It's a mm -hmm. lack of people not mm -hmm. having any idea about the problem, not understanding what they need to do. And when you tell them and you provide a simple turnkey solution, it's done. So I decided that at that point, this was easy. Let's see what else. Like, we can't go to the theater. So I went to um, a theater company who I knew from a little research 
had had some problems with the Department of Justice. So they would be listening because they would not want the Department of Justice involved again. Right. And I was right. And they helped solve that problem. I was like, okay, this isn't so hard. Like, I'll just fix this. And I started moving along. And along the way, I realized if I only worked with brand name places, names that were recognizable across the country, I could then leverage those projects. So, for example, when you fix Lincoln Center, which was really complicated because each theater is a separate fiefdom. Mm-hmm. And, but when you solve that, first off, everybody knows how in New York City, how complicated Lincoln Center is structured. So when you solve that, that says, okay, you could get things done. But if you, let's say I go to Boise, Idaho to a theater, right? they know Lincoln Center. And it's easy to say, well, it's in Lincoln Center, you can do it. And then I started realizing, oh, they would say, but that's Lincoln Center, they have so much money. So then I started working with small institutions like the Lower East Side Tenement Museum. So I had a contrast to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Like, okay, right, so are right. you small or are you big? Because I've worked with the whole range. Right. You know, and you know, that's not a good enough excuse. And I started realizing that as I solved these problems with name recognizable names, that I could then leverage them across the country and then globally. And that's what I started doing. That's amazing. Wow. What one person will do if you really want to do something, right? So what what is it that you're doing exactly? Like, what are you implementing? In the beginning, it was just getting in something called an assistive listening system that brings sound from um, the speakers, the people, let's say, on stage to a person's hearing aid or cochlear implant. In the beginning, I used a system that was called an either an FM radio frequency or infrared, a point of light. And you had to wear a device. But these devices are very stigmatizing. And my daughter didn't want to wear that. I mean, can you imagine if you, it's like, you know, nobody wants to wear some device on them. And then on one trip to England, I found out about this system called an induction loop that allowed the sound to electromagnetically jump to a person's hearing aid Hmm. when they switched to a telecoil, a T setting on their hearing aid or cochlear implant, suddenly no device was needed. Wow. And now no broken device no asking permission to hear in that case of Lincoln center, there was this woman who didn't particularly care. And so she didn't really maintain the devices. She did afterwards that, that four times during a Lincoln center, trust me when I coincidentally, and it just, I also think like things happen for a reason and I'm Mm -hmm. very into karma. I happened to be invited to a political event and the head of Lincoln Center was staying at a friend's house just randomly. And I told him the story. That woman learned to care afterwards. (laughs) He was not very happy. She also withheld my driver's license because you had to give a driver's license. I didn't understand. You know, what if you don't drive, you don't have an ID. (laughs) Like, you know, this comes into a big problem. But with the induction loop, you can hear directly. There's nobody giving your driver's license to anyone. There's no charging, you know, kids break devices, people drop the devices. It's just easy. So I became a big proponent. But one of the things is educating people that hearing access is a spectrum. And that depending on where you are in the spectrum, the access you need. And as I developed something called the three-pronged approach, you need audio, bringing the sound to a person's ear, similar to my wearing, you know, a headset, visual, um, so having captions, so like on videos, always okay. having captions mm-hmm. and then, um, qualified interpretation as you're further down this, you know, where you're deaf, then you use sound language. 
But okay. most people think sign language. But of the 48 million people in the United States who have hearing loss, only 2 million people and likely less use sign language. So critical oh, wow. to the people who need it. But it's a smaller population than people realize. But you can see it, which is why people think of it all the time. Right. So my goal and mission, what started out as just a system of listening systems, is making sure everyone implements what I call the three-prong approach and having that become the global standard. And it is shifting that way. I, in the beginning, no one understood hearing loss was a spectrum. They didn't get it. Right. Um, I developed um, a visual that now helps people to understand it. And now when they see the visual, they like, oh, that makes perfect sense. It's much there was a lack of education. The major hearing loss organizations were not educating people on it. Um, I frankly didn't know what they were doing. Right. And that was part of the problem. I right. didn't really, you know, a lot of these nonprofits, they're, it's not really clear what they do right. except raise money. And I really wanted things to benefit my daughter. And I had a time crunch. You know, she was four when I really started implementing this. But suddenly you become very aware that she's going to be in college. I got to get this done fast. I had a real sense of urgency. Right, right. Um, has she been able to um, enjoy these things? Like, has she been able to go to the Lincoln Center or, enjoy, you know, go to any of these places where you've already implemented all of this? Oh, yes. And, and um, it's been, um, it's amazing. I mean, and every single project has become, has come from a problem our family encountered. Um, mm -hmm. So, for example when we were in Japan and her flight was changed and she didn't hear the announcement, <coughs> excuse me. And so, um, I reached out to the person at the gate where I was, we were flying into different airports and we were different gates because she was going back to college. I was going home and the gate agent wouldn't go and tell my daughter and I couldn't leave my gate area. Right. right. And, and I was like, this is crazy. So I tweeted right. a message to AA American airlines and they like gave me a ridiculous response. By that point, I'm savvy enough to know, save the tweet, right. you know, save the message. Right. It's going into some federal comment, right. which it did. <laughs> and, you know, people, yeah. They didn't, they didn't know who they were talking to, Janice. Don't underestimate me. Seriously, <laughs> just don't. And so it, it was ridiculous, but it made the need for adding induction yeah. and adding the technology to airports. And now when you fly into far. airports in the US, you're seeing as airports renovate, they're adding induction loop technology. So wow. it's in Detroit, it's in Atlanta, you know, certain airlines, other airlines are following it. It hasn't been mandated yet, but it's moving. It's obvious it's moving in that direction because it's now like when John F. Kennedy airport is renovating, it's in the plans. I don't even have to discuss it. It's already there. That's great. And that is a dramatic change. That's amazing. But every single problem, every single change that's happened, it's come from our family's problems. We had a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, but now it's a solution, right, to the world. Because, you know, you think that because, you know, hearing loss have been around for centuries, right, that somebody would have thought about this or figured this out. I guess what, you, what you're saying is, is facts, right? Especially the part of what are these nonprofits really doing? I mean, they've been doing this for, for so long. How did no one think about this, right? I guess they just needed a Janice, but now they got one. So <laughs> there you no, are. It's even more complicated. <laughs> um, the major hard of hearing organizations are heavily funded by hearing aid companies. And hearing company um, aid companies are really not don't like this telecoil because what it does is it makes every single hearing aid the same. And it's a $50 mm -hmm. device. So if you're selling an $8,000 hearing aid 
and you want to distinguish your hearing aid from the, you know, from brand B, like your brand A and you want to distinguish from brand B, you need something, you want to say, no, we have mask, you know, mask enhancement, or right. we want to have restaurant, you know, enhancement. What are these things? Right. And the problem was the FDA was not testing hearing aids. This is going to change thanks to the new um, proposed regulations for over-the-counter hearing aids. And I'm actually instrumental. It was my testimony that affected that change. But nobody's testing these devices that they claim they have. There's no generic name, so you can't cancel it. It can't compare them. Consumer Reports couldn't even compare them. Wow. Then you have them; these com hearing aid companies heavily funding nonprofits. So the nonprofits are not testifying or doing anything besides hosting walks and um, annual conferences is the best I could figure out what they're doing. Right. And so they become more like social organizations, right. which is important to many people, but it's not being a change agent and not affecting change. And then you couple in. So those are the first two. You have the hearing aid manufacturers not wanting this. Right. You have them funding the nonprofits. And then the third is the stigma. And so many people with a hearing loss don't come forward and are uh, don't want to discuss their hearing loss. So, for example, you have like Mayor Bloomberg needs hearing aids. He doesn't. He wasn't wearing them for a while. I don't know if he is now. President Clinton wears hearing aids, but he won't discuss them. Right. So when you have other really powerful people who are not discussing their hearing loss, that doesn't affect change. That's true. And, and so what happens is the only people who are discussing their hearing loss are the people who have taken their hearing loss and become, you know, as an identity, right? Rather than another facet of them. So for example, I have blonde hair. You would never call me the blonde. It would be really offensive, right? If you, right, if you did. Right. But if you call me, if let's say I have a hearing loss and you call someone the hard of hearing, hearing impaired or hard of hearing, right? That becomes your identity. Yeah. Right? The, to someone yeah. who's disabled, right? The people who call it as disabled, they take identity, but they're a very small, loud group. The vast majority of people with hearing loss are not part of that. The vast majority, they don't self-identify. In fact, there's no data because they don't even count themselves as part of data. Right. So if you're not identifying this as an issue, I mean, my mother was one of these people. If you asked her before she died, whether she had a hearing loss, she will tell you no. But I am confident that you heard her when she called me, you could hear the conversation because she spoke so loud, right? <laughs> Clearly she had a hearing loss. Right. I was working on this and I was offended, but she could not admit she had a hearing loss and didn't never got a hearing aid before she died. Wow. But so she was relying on captions and other things. She would go to the theater and get a headset. Oh, they mumble, right? So she didn't view that as assistive technology that she needed. It right. was because the actors mumbled. Right, right. And so if somebody like that is not advocating or asking for access because they have a hearing loss, it's hard to get the access implemented. And that is the really, those three problems coupled together is yeah. why nothing advances. Yeah. yeah. And it's a big, and then it's you a big have, problem. Yeah. It's a huge problem. And then you have like places like the UN where you have someone in charge of assist. Uh, uh, there is a fourth that I failed to mention. You have people with other disabilities making decisions about people with hearing loss. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you would never ask one race to make decisions about another race. But all too often, the person who is the access coordinator uses a wheelchair, is blind, or is deaf. Because you want someone who 
everyone can tell has a disability, right? Hard of hearing, you can't see the hearing aids. It looks like, quote, a regular person. Right. So you don't want them when they're speaking to represent your organization. So suddenly the person who is using a wheelchair is deaf or visually impaired is making decisions about the access that people are hard of hearing need. That's crazy and offensive. And when you call them out about it, they get right. really offended. Right, of but like if suddenly I was oh my one race making a decision about another race, I would be called a million different names. Right. 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 And and rightly so. It, it, it's I am against this. But yet it doesn't seem problematic when one disability does it against another. Yeah, that's so strange. So I did strange. not know that. Yeah. So like, for example, the UN has this assistive technology guidelines and the person making decisions about it is not, doesn't have hearing loss. It doesn't think induction loops are necessary globally. Really? How is that possible? How is that possible? Yeah. Right? How is this? It's in other countries. I sent him photos from 23 different countries that I know of, right? like all these countries like are we always going to go and just work towards if the country you're from can't afford it that doesn't mean the other country shouldn't have it right right it's not a mandate it's it's a guidelines <laughs> um and this is the fight and so you have to call people out and many people are very uncomfortable not mincing words i have no problem not mincing words <laughs> I, I see <laughs> so. it's, it's a waste of time yeah, right? no, it is. It is. And you're getting to the point, right? You have to get things done. And I think there was a lot of mincing words already, and that's why nothing's been done. So that's good. Kudos to you. So I want to know before I let you go, though, um, how does my audience and, you know, I have a brother who's hearing impaired, so I totally get that. Um, and he yells and screams all the time because he won't put on his hearing aid. Um, but what, how can people get involved with what you're doing? Like, are you a nonprofit or is there a way for people to find out about what you do and things like that? Well, um, first off, he probably has the wrong hearing aids, which is why he probably, doesn't, yeah. he, he doesn't like them. And hopefully this over-the-counter regulations will help him um, because they're going to be testing hearing aids. And it's probably because he has the wrong hearing aids. I am reachable. My advocacy work is on JaniceLintz.com. My consulting work is at HearingAccess.com. And of course, I'm a I'm on LinkedIn under Janice Lintz. Okay, great. So I'll make sure to link to all of that below um, so that people can reach out because it's a it's a larger community than people think. And and you know, like I said, I even have a brother who has a hearing impaired. And, you know, I don't uh, really never really advocated for him or anything. I don't know much about it. Um, I know that I'm always like, Do you have your batteries? Let me get your batteries, you know, that kind of thing. Because he's like, What? Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm like, oh God, here we go. He's screaming like your like your mom. It's so it's adorable and not at the same It's not time. adorable. It's <laughs> it's really actually irritating. <laughs> Janice, you are so fun. I'm really, really glad we got to meet. I really love your spirit. I love what you're doing. And you're just a go-getter. And you're going to make some seriously big changes. So thank you for that. Thank, thank you. you so much, Nina, for having me. This was great. And I'm thank so you glad. so much. Thank you. And guys, don't forget to uh, subscribe and uh, share this um, video also because you need to reach more people and see this amazing work that Janice is doing. I'm going to make sure to link all of her information below so that you can really follow what she's doing, support what she's doing, and see if you can help out in some way so that you can also become a voice for change. So thank you guys so much for watching. This is Nina Perez. This is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage 
encourage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.